gonna start off with a story. You're welcome. Okay, I'm gonna start off with a story. It's from my uh, personal statement that I submitted to grad school. Um, it's gonna really lead the theme of the entire podcast. So here it is. Um, on February 26, 2014, a kind friend and a football teammate committed suicide and changed the landscape of my high school forever. I remember the emotions following the announcement on the school intercom. I was shocked and confused. I reflected on how I could be a better friend, teammate, student, brother, and son. And it is with this premise that I desire to live a life filled with purpose and fulfillment by helping someone else's life. I truly believe that by helping others, your own life will become better. And by my lowest moments, I learned how to live with purpose and grew an appreciation for all aspects of my identity and life. I am someone who has learned immensely from my personal experiences and have grown to empathize, respond, and positively influence others. I want to use this opportunity and this podcast to share my experiences and wisdom to help people grow into stable and strong individuals. And that's just a snippet from my... um, personal statement that I submitted to grad school. So, with that being said, welcome to the second episode of the Talk To Me You'll Understand podcast. I am your host, JC Siles, aka the EDM Cowboy, the Cocaine Cowboy, Cowboy Bebop, whatever you you may want to call me. Brown man. Brown man too. (laughs) And today I am joined by my best friends, Jarrett Nooney. Oh, best. Let's Best go. friends, Jarrett Nudy, the you know, um, and Faith Lawhorn. And we're here to talk about mental health today. Um, right now we're in for some for now, I mean, we're in a like Group. Richmond, Virginia. Cloudy skies out, but it's still the sun is still out, but it's gonna get a little bit worse by four o'clock. It might rain out, so hopefully we'll be done by then. But Thing in the last three hours. In three hours or so. I don't know, Boy, man. Depends how, how long we talk about this and stuff. <laughs> yeah. So that being said, I wanna thank you guys for I wanna thank you guys for coming out to this podcast. I don't know if any of you guys listened to the first one, but there's some stories to the hat. There's a lot of inspirations that I really wanted to do this for. Um, I really wanted to share my thoughts and I felt like I would I mean I feel like I'm confident enough to share my thoughts on mental health and stuff like that. Um, it's the whole reason why I joined, well not joined, but why I wanted to do public health in the first place. And it's not, I didn't really, it's really why I gravitated away from doing clinical mental health counseling in the first place. So 2020 was kind of a fucking rough year. I mean, we were all put on pause for a minute. Um, when shit went down, I was really re-evaluating, re-evaluating what I wanted to do with my fucking life and where to, where to take the next steps, I guess. So, like I said in, the, in my graduate personal statement, I wanted to do good with like anybody that I can come across with. And I don't know if you guys ever watched Naruto, but like in the show, like this guy Naruto, like he goes around and basically for the entire premise of the show, he changes like like all the characters that he meets with into good ass people and like they all follow him eventually right 
I haven't finished the entire show, so, so don't to don't trash on me. Uh, imagine if he turns into a douchebag. I uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't just know. Kills man. them all, <laughs> dude. I mean, he's pretty dope. He but just yeah, this is I just mean, an anime podcast now. No, <laughs> I w- That's not my strong suit, but yeah, I mean, I wanted to do this podcast to share my thoughts. I always feel like mental wellness is super important and also physical wellness is super important and they go hand in hand and you know just i just really wanted to share my thoughts on how i came about through my depression and anxiety and all that bullshit that i went through in high school and many of the friends that i knew from high school that i'm really close with they would know what i'm talking about they would know that i what i experienced really and some people who did go to high school that i am friends with just didn't know what the fuck went on with my life and I kind of want to express that side of me that not a lot of people know about except for maybe a handful of people from college from high school and so may it be it you know I have been to therapy I have been to group therapy um, I was institutionalized in a mental hospital for six days for succumbing self-harm to myself when I was in I think I was when was I I was a sophomore in high school and you know I've come a long way from from the places that I was and you know when I was such a low moment in my life and I feel like at this point like I've learned that everyone has some shit going on and it's just like we're all a process that we're trying to get through and it's just you know I, I happen to really be lucky from the family that I grew up with and um just be blessed by all the friends that I come across with so far so yeah and with that I'm gonna take another sip of my fucking wine I've been taking lots of sips lots of sips base Base getting ready to open up yeah I'm just waiting oh we know I'm gonna overshare in the first place no there's no oversharing here well honestly just share whatever you feel comfortable sharing um, yeah, I mean, this is just some of the shit that I've gone through that I've explained already, but, um, yeah, I mean, I feel like right now we're at a, such a difficult moment. I feel like shit's going to get a lot worse right now with mental health because a lot of these kids today are like growing up with social media and shit and it's not good for them at all. Like, I've, I've come to really, like, I think one of my worst habits that I've actually, like, grew up with as a kid was just comparing myself to others. Like, dudes. Like, it's just... Things are so easy, to It's so easy, too. You see pictures of, like, everybody. It's just like, ah, oh, God, like, look at all these people doing better than me. It's, and it's not even, like, pictures, too. It's just, like, other kids in class, you know, they may be more social than I am. And I'm just like, I kind of want to do that. I want to be the guy that everybody, like, kind of the jokester. Yeah. And then I would just, you know, shoot myself in the boot sometimes and just, like, I would overdo it sometimes. And, and um, you know, it would even, like, put me in detention, I think, at one point. I did that, like, middle school. Just, like, trying to get attention by doing dumb shit. And then just getting myself in trouble because I thought that's what, like, the way people would, like, pay attention to me and like yeah. me. You always just kind of learn along the ways. So it's just like, it's just not a quality way to live. It's not. And it's just like, there's that one song in 
Frank Ocean's album where it's like his I think his mom is like is she's saying something on a recorded message and it's just like don't smoke weed don't do alcohol don't do any drugs just be yourself and just know that's good enough and I'm like yeah except for the alcohol part you oh, know? it just helps yeah it just <laughs> it makes things a lot it cooler helps. I'm great I feel like I'm socially just like shy and awkward so just alcohol just gets me out there a little more yeah a little more I'm the same way too but it's it like, took a while for me just like not to depend on that so much too yeah and I really attribute uh, the festival that I recently went to too I mean like I met so many really cool people had some really cool conversations and I remember like really taking it all like super seriously and like taking every ounce of gravity of each moment that I had at that festival you know I was like surrounded by really cool people and there wasn't anyone that I could like not go up and talk to it it was just limitless about who I could or not like go up to anyone honestly and I never felt that way before and there was a couple times where I just like I had to hold back my own fucking tears because that was just it was quite a new experience for me and you know coming from Northern Virginia where like almost everyone growing up there is like like either as a son or a daughter from some parent that's working at like some contracting company or a government agency or whatever in the DC area and everyone is like socialized to like do their absolute best and my high school like if the one thing I'll say about my high school is like if you weren't taking like six AP classes or like five honor honor class is at that time like you weren't considered like you were looked down upon from a lot of people you were as strange as that may sound to like a lot of people that I know from like Richmond and all throughout the parts of like yeah, we Virginia. Asked, if you took like two IB classes, people would be like, "I got smarter." <laughs> Not like but it was just like all the most sociable people would take those like really high end classes, you know, and they would look yeah. be looked up upon throughout their entire high school. And Woodson was like pretty much predicated upon like being the absolute best they wanted to be competitive nationally and they wanted to be competitive locally as well with other high schools and it's you know learning about like different kinds of like property values and like how taxes like kind of go into like different kinds of schools it kind of makes sense because I grew up with like having smart boards in elementary schools like brand new projectors like you know like having like I, I think it was like we had every one of us had like there's like a laptop cart that would just like always like come into like each classroom and stuff like that and then I go to Longwood and I took um, a one class called sociology of education um, I forgot who the professor was I'll give her a shout out right now but like it's you know there's a whole system that it's just like like if if a county is poor enough then you don't get the same kind of like education that you do up in northern virginia and you know it was kind of like mind-boggling to me because for one i found the contradiction within myself and like for one like woodson is a pretty good pretty dope at like 
like education wise Woodson is a pretty dope school on the other hand if you go down south like they're struggling to have ACs in their fucking classrooms you know and it, but at the same time at Woodson there were seven suicides that happened within five years that I was there and two of them were my football teammates and it was just quite a because I don't want anyone else especially not my little sister to go through the same shit that I went through and lose some of their friends in such a tragic fashion I mean it was quite it was quite a personal landmark for me um you know it, like it really showed a lot of like hidden faces that you wouldn't normally see throughout like the school I mean and I, it just brought out some of the most toxic shit that I've ever seen too like I remember one time so like when my friend Jack died and it was it shook up the entire school right and this is when like people started using Twitter and shit and it was just like I remember like in middle school it was like Facebook was like a really big thing and it was just like like this post for like a TBT and then they'll write your shit on your wall yeah, and all that cute that shit vibe. right and then in Twitter like when Jack died there were some people who really took the initiative to send out personal written DMs to just like all their followers just like hey and it's like it was like it would be copy and pasted too he's like hey like I know we're all going through a tough time with Jack and stuff like that. Just know that I'm here for you. And I'm like, shut the fuck up, dude. If it wasn't for Jack dying, you wouldn't have done this shit, you know? And I'm all about practice what you preach. And that was the most fakest shit that I've ever heard. Because this guy, if it wasn't for Jack, he was such a fucking asshole. And, and it makes sound contradictory to me because I, was, I kept to myself before Jack died. And I still did after he did as well. But I've come to the point with a lot of like personal growth to realize that I just like, I want to be better. I want to be better with everyone that I meet. Like I just, I just want you, want everyone that I come across to remember me and just to do that. And I think it's just, it was quite a ways to get to the point where I am right now. And then, and it's not saying that like, it's like more so than other people and other people have gotten work gotten to worse shit but it's just it was just a newfound mentality that i have right now and yeah and that's probably a lot <laughs> to, to to like digest a bit but that's just personally how i feel honestly so is that like the kind of first time you dealt with mental health? Uh, like mental health problems? Yeah, kind of like. Personally. Personally. I mean, not necessarily. No, I. I think it all started when um when I was in middle school. Um. So it, I mean, with all the problems that I have, it just it seems always like have an origin root with fucking women apparently <laughs> but no I, I remember I asked this girl out to homecoming right like 
Not, I don't think it was even homecoming. It was um yeah, middle school dance. Yeah, it was an eight, like a seventh grade middle school dance or whatever. And I remember at the time, my neighborhood friend, he was like, "So are you gonna ask out this girl?" Like I really, and I'm like, "I really want to. I don't know, man." And and at the time, like everyone, after school, after middle school, on Fridays or whatever, they would like walk across like one of these like main street or whatever and i think it was like literally like a quarter mile of a walk from the middle school to the mcdonald's and that's where like almost like a quarter of the fucking of anyone that was like popular i guess they would walk from the middle school to mcdonald's and just hang out and shit and they would just shoot shit and i was like one of them too and you know the dance is coming up soon so I went to Shoppers, which is also like really, literally like next door to McDonald's. Got a, I mean, I bought a pair of flowers that I got like money from my parents from. Cause I told them, I was like really excited to ask, ask out this girl, right? They were proud of me and shit. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. I go up to McDonald's and I ask her out in front of like 20 to 30 other like kids there. And she was like, just turn me yeah. down right then and there because she already, like, got asked by someone else uh, that I didn't know about. That's not too bad. It's like not too she, bad, yeah, right? At least she had like a it's solid not. reason. It's but not. Still, still feels. Like it's shit. not too bad, and it, there's nothing against her, honestly. There's nothing against her at all, right? She already had a date. It's like she already uh, had a date. I, I didn't okay. know about it. That you know, like super up I felt around. super embarrassed. Yeah. You know. And this is at the time, this is like my first form of rejection that I've ever experienced, right? Yeah. I was going to say, I feel like it all just kind of comes back around to rejection usually. Yeah. And I made it way more than it actually was. And it was my fault for doing that. And it wasn't hers, but it was mine. And I started thinking to myself, like, so she wanted this guy, but not me what's wrong with me in the first place and I started looking at myself like conceptually and just like in my identity too and I'm just like well I guess I'm just a piece of shit like I'm like I'm not white I'm not like I don't have fancy shoes like everyone else does um I don't have cool looking hair I had a bowl cut kind of a bowl cut at the time and I just you know and I hated myself, dude, and it was just, and from that moment on, it was just quite a downhill from there, because I just started, like, be, like entering situations with the mindset that I'm a piece of shit, and I'm just like, not good enough, not good enough at all, yeah, and it just, and it commandeered all the social situations that I would go into, but one of the things that really helped me through that was doing sports but even then like everything is such a competition in high school especially in football as well um yeah i mean i wasn't good enough to like start and stuff like that i made myself gain weight and i started for like my freshman and sophomore year and then i got benched like midway through my sophomore year which really hurt a lot i remember one game where i was just pretty shit and I got yelled at by my coach yelled at by my teammates I was 
crying on the bus way back. I didn't even take off my helmet at all until I got back to the locker room. And then I cried even way more when I got back home. And my dad was like, you know, why do you keep playing this? It's just like, he came at me with the, with the point of like, kind of like frustration. And he doesn't like seeing you like that. He doesn't like seeing me like that, which is not his fault either. But I took it the wrong way when he came at me like that. Yeah. I think it was your fault. I think you just screwed up again. Because like, I wanted to show everyone else that I could do it. be well and that I was enough to start, I guess. So, I mean, but then I started playing rugby and that's when really a lot of my confidence started coming back. And, you know, like I'm a pretty tough, I mean, I would say I'm tough. I'm a tough ass dude, very physical, but like, I didn't really, believe that about myself when I first before I started playing rugby but when I started I had this like new sense of confidence I could run people over I could tackle people like hard as shit you know and it was you know it was almost a lifesaver but it didn't it didn't just like end there it just that was like one bit of confidence that I gained and then I read read books then I went to therapy I took antidepressants and let me tell you what about antidepressants you know I've I read uh, some of my professors in college really didn't like the idea of antidepressants um, they presented a lot of like research that it doesn't really affect you that all that much and you know when I took it I only took at most like 25 milligrams of Lexapro but when I forgot to took it, my mind in my head, I, I got migraines like all day, which is like, I feel like it shouldn't, that, that shouldn't be like a real thing. And there's always like the black box label too with every antidepressant that you take. So, I mean, it was all, I'm coming from this, from like a whole perspective of like, being myself as an internal process, I guess. And everyone is in their own process. You know, everyone is in their own process in their own, you know, I guess, place in their process. But... That guy has a big cock. Yeah. <laughs> but... I'm just, it's just a huge landmark for me to sit here with enough confidence to tell you guys about all this shit. Cause I remember when I, my, my mom came to visit like two weeks ago and I was telling her that I was gonna do this part of the podcast. And I'm not gonna lie to you, she started crying a bit. Cause she knew how much, she knew how much of a landmark this was for me. And for her especially, cause having to go through all that seeing their child go through it too it's not only that too but because you feel helpless yeah sometimes well and also like not knowing like i don't know i feel like there's some things that like i'll mention to my mom now and i just mention everything that i ever go through very like passively like i just i joke about everything i ever yeah. go through 
and my mom's like, oh shit, like, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) you wait, what? (laughs) I'm like, oh yeah, like that, yeah, yeah, I feel that way. And it's like, they didn't even know that you were like dealing with that shit. I mean, I've never even told my parents anything that I've ever, like, dealt with personally, just because it's, like, my parents, I don't think they've ever, like, dealt with it themselves, and so they just, like, I don't even think they'd be able to process it. Yeah. So me and my parents don't really even talk, like, too much. Like, I might talk to them, like, once every other week, and that's, my mom would just text me Mm. about, like, something very basic, like, hey, I'm here, do you need something, or, like, this bill... It's about to go in your name, yeah. and that's like the only time she ever talks to me. And then my dad will just be like, he'll ask me like more genuine questions. Like, but like the only thing he asked me is like, oh, how are you doing? Like, not like, yeah, a- actually, how but are like you? A, yeah, like, but, like a casual. And then, like, how are the girls? Because he knows I'm single, so it's just yeah. like it's just like the very basic dad stuff, and like, oh, they never even ever try to bring it up because just because I think they assume that like it's all right if i haven't done anything i think they'd be more reactive yeah. than pro- they're much more reactive than proactive i think it's just a lot of people just find that easier dealing with mental health because they don't like thinking about people actually going through that kind of stuff and i don't even know how to like put my mom and like my mom and i are very close my dad and i are probably talked about it a lot to both of you i just make passive comments i don't know my dad's been on any presence um mm-hmm. but he goes like on and off of them, which is very problematic, as we all know. Um, like, oh, I'm feeling great, and then he'll just cold turkey it. Which yeah. Is really awesome for everyone around him. Um, but my mom is like, under. She like tries, but then she's like, well, what? Go outside. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, mom, like, yeah. I get like my whole major was built on like doing activities that like help you mentally, but like yeah. sometimes that's not enough. And like I know that. And like, yeah. You know, I work in residential mental health with institutionalized teenagers. Yeah. Like I, I see the bulk of it, and they're like, "What the fuck is Jeopardy gonna do for me?" And I'm like, "Like I distract you." Is yeah, like, like I get it, really and it's like, about. and like a lot of them, I'm like, y'all don't have any social skills, but like. I don't know, kind of bad on, like, the antidepressant thing. That, I think my deal with that a lot has been, like, just that it takes so long to get, like, the right one, I feel like, for so many people. Yeah, that's the trick. I know so many of my friends that have gone through, like, nine. And I think, I don't know. I don't think it should only be that, though. It's just, it has to be, like, a culmination of factors that has to, like. The holistic health approach yeah you know it's not just medicine and i've always been hesitant like i went to my my fucking gynecologist asked me if i wanted to go on antidepressants yeah like that's when you know things aren't good i'm like hey (laughs) how's it going you're thinking about the wrong thing here yeah (laughs) yeah she's like um sorry sorry fellas she's like you haven't had your period in three months and i was she's like are you pregnant i'm like no, I'm just, I'm just stressed. And she's like, is this normal? I'm like, yeah, yeah. No, when I get stressed, I just don't, don't have my period for several, for several months. She's like, Are you, have you considered antidepressants? I'm like, can't you just like, come on, just do what you just need to do, it. honey bunny. Just look down there. Just don't. <laughs> look, take, take a peek. Tell me yeah. I'm good. Let me leave. Just tell me I don't have this. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, I think take I'm safe peek. to go to the gynecologist. I thought that you weren't going to attack the fact that I'm emotionally unstable. <laughs> but I'm like I'm genuinely like to my core I am scared of antidepressants and I know that they could be helpful but I 
you know, my one of my best friends started a new antidepressant, and it's the one that she's on now. And once it stabilized, it was fine. But those first few weeks, um, it was a very close call. And you know, mm-hmm. I woke up to a text message that said, "I don't want to be here anymore." Yeah. And that was like one of I don't know. I read many of those text messages yeah. messages when I was in high school. And it was just. It was very difficult to wake up, call her, and then have her not answer. Um, so I had to call, like, I, I didn't know what to do. I called the, like, the roommate that mm-hmm. we used to live with and that she was still living with and made sure and, like, found out she had to take her pills away from her. And, like, and, you know, that friend is still, like, a huge advocate for me. She's like, go, like, get, like, get medicine if you need it. Like, I, she's like, you'll get, like, past that. But, like, that's that should traumatize me like, yeah. place to be in, in the like, first place nobody wants to be there yeah i'm like i like it, it, i don't know that one just like really fucked me up so it's like you know my doctor will come back she's like so we did your depression screening and it does look like yeah <laughs> you do like, have what you know you have <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, she's like, do you ever want to, like, end it? And I'm like, oh, I mean, like, what do we mean by end it? Yeah, I mean, like, it's just, that's, that's, so a, general. that's a general, like, what are you saying right now? Like, am I, <laughs> oh, like, come on. Do I have a plan? Yeah. <laughs> have I thought about it? <laughs> no. I mean, yeah, I've definitely. But then you get to the other side and you're like, that was dramatic, right? Like, I, yeah. Was, being, yeah. I was being dramatic. That's always the biggest thing. It just feels like so encapsulating when you're in that kind yeah. of depressive state where it's just like, it just feels like nothing you're doing is good enough. And it's just like, why the fuck am I like this? It's just like kind of stuck there. Yeah. And then you like literally one day will go by and you're like, you're like, that was like so much has changed. It's just like, how, how did that even happen? Like, I feel completely fine. I'm like happy right now. It's just like, it's just so crazy how quickly everything can change and how quickly everything can go south too like you'll just wake up one day and mm-hmm. it's just like not a good day yeah. it's just not going to be Dude. a good day no matter what you try because i do the same thing so yeah i'm like extremely insecure and stuff like that so i just i don't know i try my best to like well i say i try my best i do a, i try to address like the stuff that makes me insecure but it's yeah. like I do it. I'm like at the gym. I'm working out because I don't want to be ugly. Because I want people to think I'm like. I'm the same way, dude. I, same I want way. people to think I'm like doing good for myself and stuff like that. And I'm just like sitting there. I'm like, am I doing this wrong? Are people looking at me? Like, yeah. am I just fucking like. Like, I'm a personal trainer too. And I like sit there with my clients and I like know what to do and I make them do it. And like. But then they'll, I'll, like, catch somebody looking at us while I'm training them, and I'm just, like... Do I look fucking dumb? Am I, like, telling them something <laughs> wrong? Like, I have other trainers look at me, and I'm, like, am I fucking everything up? But yeah. they, like... Yeah, like it's just, like, I get in my guy. own head, <laughs> yeah. even when I'm with a client. But I, I also, like... Because I feel like we're all kind of, like, in the same general field. You guys deal more with, like, the emotional side, and I deal more with, like, the physical side. Because physical helps, like, emotional, yeah. too. And then yeah. once you get your emotions right, you can work on your physical self if you feel like you need to. Because, like, that's what I feel like. Because I was in a fucking... During the pandemic, that's when... Because they also say, like, your mental health issues typically come on and we're between, like, puberty to, like, mid-20s. And I feel like that's when mine really came on, like... 
towards the end of college and then through the pandemic I was just unemployed just sitting on a couch and people are off oh, that's what pissed yeah. me off the most people are like oh they're just sitting on a couch they're just collecting unemployment they don't care it's like I was sitting on a couch feeling fucking worthless for myself because yeah. I couldn't get a job. I applied to so many goddamn places. Like a mm-hmm. gold gym to be a front desk re- like, well, like receptionist. People, people like, are they, like, there's so many jobs. And it's like, they're fucking like... Fucking hire me. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, don't just say that. Don't just say there's those like, yeah. oh, it's so easy. It's like, then you fucking find yeah. a job right now. Like, you know what jobs so, are open? Fucking minimum wage. Like, yeah. Working it's at just Chip- like I graduated <laughs> in exercise science in the middle of pandemic where gyms are physically closed yeah. and nobody is going to them. Like, you want to tell me it's easy to find a job right now? And there's a good amount of people that are scared to fucking go yeah, to the fucking Yeah, and gym. like yeah. I have people coming back now who are like just getting over like yeah. their scare of like COVID and stuff and feeling more like ready to get in the gym. And it's well, just like I yeah. deal with like when I was like that's when it really hit me because I'm like sitting on the fucking couch depressed just feeling worthless like I can't do anything and it like took so long I got this like country club job Hmm. it's just rich people demonizing poor people there and I'm like sitting there working getting paid $12 an hour not even enough to like that's like over like a two week paycheck wasn't even enough to cover rent Yeah. and it's just like I'm sitting there I'm always stressed about money I'm like what the fuck's gonna happen to me if I run out of money like I don't yeah. have enough to pay for anything right now and I'm just like just trying to fucking make it by and that just like adds to my stress adds to everything else well, and then you're like through. was fucking college worth it like it, yeah no, now like, now it wasn't but now I have to pay off all this debt too yeah and I just like fucking finally got out of there like that just didn't help anything because i was like i was like oh i have a job that made me slightly feel better but then like i'm still fucking poor and like Mm -hmm. i can't like do shit and i feel like i feel like that's a lot where my stress and everything is like super tied up and it's an easy way to get stressed about it like finances because like especially living in like america where everything's like valued by wealth yeah it's like just like when <laughs> i'm fucking poor i just feel worthless yeah. even more by like everything i'm surrounded by and then like just fucking deal with that and then my parents when they got divorced the only times they would ever talk to each other was me or finances mm-hmm. and then finances always came back to me because it, it typically i'm the only person like i'm the only thing keeping them yeah having to relate to each other because they have to pay my dad has to pay child support mm. pay like shit like that so it's just like when they were just always mad about money because my dad made all the money and my mom didn't make enough money so she's stressed about money yeah then my dad's giving her money and then when i'm out of money it like all like just fell apart <laughs> so then they're all just screaming at me about money and they like won't talk to each other so i have to like relay and it just like made me always want to shut down and just not talk about it ever because it's just like why the fuck am i going to do this if i'm just going to yeah. get screamed well, at again it I'd makes rather your just relationship with money like so fucked like, it's just yeah it's like put such a like a big value on it but i've never like and then i graduate from a major that doesn't even like pay enough and then i'm stuck with even more money problems but they that i just don't tell them because it's just yeah. like i'm not going to fucking tell them because it's like i'd rather have my own money problems and have them scream at me about my money problems it's just like it's just like a continuous cycle it's like 
I better myself in one way and then I'm also stuck in like another fucking yeah. trench and, and it just feels like unescapable sometimes. Fucking American healthcare and all that shit, it's like you can't, Yeah. like if you don't have money, like okay, I want to see a fucking therapist. They don't that, give a shit. That shit like drove me into the ground right out of like school and now I like don't even see her anymore. Yeah. Because then my insurance wasn't covering it, but like, and then it's like, okay, well, I pay fucking $90 a month to go to four boxing classes just to get like a little bit of serotonin once a week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's just, but you know, like, it, it feels like if you don't have money, you can't do things that are like trying to better yourself, or you're like, oh, I'll wait until I get this, and then, then I can, you know, finally then have that thing that'll stuff fix I it like, all. Because you can't do anything. Yeah. It just feels impossible to do, like, anything that makes you happy without having to pay, like, a lot of money from. And people are like, oh, I like hiking and stuff like that. So you gotta fucking get there. You gotta drive yeah. over there. What if your car's a piece of shit and can't make it up there? You know, in my initial stages of me being depressed, you know, bless my parents. I love them to death. But, like, this is their first case. Like, they're, I was the oldest child of, like, three, uh, right? Yeah. So, like... They immigrated to the country, right? They literally happy as it can be. They're bl- like they they're grateful for almost everything that they like come towards, right? But when their first born starts to become depressed, you know some of their initial reactions. And I'm not saying anything about them. I love them to death. I wouldn't be here without them. But you know, I think you know when, once you become a parent. And you start to have your firstborn. That is just like your first learning experiences that set the table for the other two, I guess. If you have the other two, right? So I'm the firstborn. I initially am starting my first bouts of depression. And in high school, right? Their reaction to it was to guilt me into... I mean, their reaction was to guilt me out of depression they feel like they did something wrong so then they just flip it <laughs> not necessarily like but that's how yeah they, they were just like they were just a lot of the conversations that i've initially had with them about it was mainly about like i had to walk like my dad would told me like i had to walk like three miles to go to school mm-hmm. yeah. in in all sorts of weather i was beaten by my own dad like you know I was, you know, I grew up in poverty, and you're telling me that you are just are not happy where you are right now with food, water, shelter, and one of the most like freedom, like loving yeah. countries like in the entire planet, and you could get almost anything you want and with like plenty of opportunity out there, and you're not happy right now, and it was. I think it was like a it was met with like a lot of aggression yeah but over time like they kind of realized the full gravity of where i was at I started to understand because i was very serious about you know a lot of things you know a lot of things that i was serious about could not be reversed if i had moved on with those decisions that i could i could possibly make you know and it was just once they come to the terms of that that's when they started turning around like into to my own therapy they like really was like like fully on board because 
they felt at one point that they could have lost their firstborn at any point. And that was a major turning point for them, mm. I think. And I remember one time, and this is hilarious, because, like, you know, I when I was in high school, there was there would be a couple times where my parents, like, caught me watching porn and shit. I remember I watched it. So I watched it. So, like, literally, all I had at the time this was, like... taking a turn quick. I know. It, hear me out. Hear me out. <laughs> hear me out. Because I watched it on a PSP. <laughs> On Nintendo DS. Wait. This is bold. I had a fucking right? Xbox I watched it on. Right? And they caught me on both instances, right? Oh, like, they All they had to do was just look at the history, right? Oh, yeah. And in one session with my therapist, my dad asks, is like, so, like, like Sorry, my I just son, forgot that I went to family therapy until you just said that. Anyway, continue. Yeah, so, like, my, my son <laughs> likes to do this at such an early age. Like, is How that normal? I, I think I was 15, maybe 14. At an early old. Yeah, I know. I know, right? <laughs> I know. <laughs> they're Catholic. Tell them the truth. Dude, they're Catholic, okay? They're Catholic, okay? You're so, 15 watching on a DS. I know. That, that is, how does yeah. that load? That goes kind of hard. How does that load? That's, That's bold. I That's may have been dead. a little younger at the time. I started watching on like a, yeah, like an iPod Touch when I was like. But my therapist was just <laughs> like, like sixth grade. I, would say. I don't think I watched. Me. No, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I was probably too old. Well, <laughs> my therapist literally had to explain to my dad is like, well, your son is just exploring, you know, vibes. different. You mean yeah, he's it? exploring his vibes out there. He's, he's, it's, it's like, he could be gay. Do you want him to be gay? <laughs> you are Catholic. You just, like, appreciate that he's at least straight. I don't know. My parents, always, like, my mom has always said, like, JC, like, if you're gay, you can, it's okay. Like, you can tell me. <laughs> and I'm like, mom, I swear I'm not. I swear I'm not. tell us you're gay. But, like, if, if, if I told her that I was gay, like, maybe, like, seven to ten years ago, she, I don't know how she would take it, honestly. But right now yeah. she she loves me to death. She doesn't care what I am, honestly. But she's just happy that I'm here. I think it's tough from their kind of viewpoint from like being immigrants. I think where they're coming from, like the very animalistic basics of the human mind is just fight or flight, mm-hmm. and what they were dealing with is just mostly just like fighting to survive and just like get out and just like find somewhere else. And then once we get to this like very spoiled place where we're at as like suburban Americans that it's just like then you're sitting there and you at your brain can like take a second from just trying to survive to realize where it's at and like realize that it's just like you're just not happy sometimes yeah I think it's like like the guilt that comes with that is like so fucking annoying yeah Yeah, there's always somebody guilting you 100% it's just like I can still be sad like everybody can deal with emotions this isn't like a crime to like feel bad but like there's always there's always gonna be somebody who like just doesn't get it and has never dealt with it yeah that's the biggest thing is like people like that who will talk to you like that because they've never experienced it like anybody who's actually dealt with it like at least knows not to do that. <laughs> and it's hard, like, not to then do that to yourself. 
Yeah. Because, like, I'll sit there and I'm like, well, my life wasn't, like, terrible. Like, there were times when, like, you know, we were, when I had basically a single mom. You know, my dad was there, but he wasn't there. And, like, he used us as, like, financial pawns every now and then. Like, if he got mad at my mom, it would be like, okay, well, here's the kid's title to their car. So you have to pay their fucking insurance now because you pissed me off. And, like, there were times that we were, like, below the poverty line. But my mom made sure that, like, all our needs were met. Yeah. But even, like, during those times, it's, like, was hard. Because I'm like, okay, well, like, you know, I'm fed. I have a house. I have all my basic needs met. Like, I haven't had that much trauma in my life. Like, sure, my fucking parents got divorced, but didn't everyone's, like... You know, like, it was hard to sit there and be like, I still had some, like, shit happen. Even if I didn't have shit happen, like, you're still allowed to be, like, upset about things. And, like, there's still, like... And Catholicism, shit that like weighs heavy on you and Catholicism divorce is a sin so it's just like there is there's no yeah I mean you fucking hate each other and take it on everybody around yeah. them but not get divorced because they just don't believe in it yeah you for sure just aren't the right people for each other and I think for a long time I like felt like guilty about being upset about my parents divorce because it wasn't like a bad divorce in the sense of like yelling and screaming at each other in front of us or like doing things like that but like there was still the little things like my mom like did very well to not talk about my dad uh you know i yeah like i didn't know that my dad cheated on my mom until i was like like 18 Mm. my mom didn't tell me that i didn't know my dad had a wife before my mom until i was like 20 (laughs) (laughs) and i'm like yeah i like didn't i didn't know those like anything about the whole divorce but there were still like the, the little things like you know being used as a financial pawn doesn't feel great that's what you're I like, feel like like yeah you're like what the fuck was that was like, like a pawn I'm just like stuck yeah and it's like okay well, well that was cool and like there's just like the little things that you're like you like breeze over and then later you're like that was fucking traumatizing like yeah. my dad's my dad was engaged a couple years ago and she texted me on Thanksgiving, or no, she texted me that she had to talk to me, and then on Thanksgiving, she was like, I think your dad's addicted to opioids, and I was like, and then I had to go to my grandma's house on my mom's side, and I was like, I just went about my business, and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Never found a solution to that problem, yeah. but she was also a compulsive liar who had had, like, eight husbands, so I'm like, so, like, I move on past that, and I'm like, that was kind of goofy. She was in a silly, goofy mood, and then I'm like, Wait, that was kind of like that's that's traumatizing, right? Like I thought that my dad was addicted to drugs. Yeah. Meanwhile, my dad doesn't do like. Dude, I. My dad like barely drinks. Like he got he. One time, his cousin was living with him and kicked us kicked him out because he was like drinking in our shed, to hide it. Like it was just like. (laughs) I was like, what the fuck, is going on here? And I think like having those. Things where like. Your experiences are like kind of minimized just makes you sit there and be like but you, then you start minimizing all your shit you're like oh that was like you know oh that was just a little thing yeah, yeah like it's not bad. and like once you're out of it you know it's like what we were saying earlier like you'll one day you're like damn i kind of want to die and the next day you're like that was dramatic like after i left jmu like i was you know there were like two years where i was like i didn't realize that i was having panic attacks every night and calling you know cody at four o'clock in the morning and I was like, I, I can't breathe. And he's like, what's wrong? I'm like, I don't know. Cody is such a trooper. <laughs> you want to talk about stable, just just talk to fucking Cody. He's just like, 
Yeah. He's way too stable. He's Pisses me off. He got good genetics. With, and see, like, that's that shit like, like depression and shit like that. <laughs> he fucking, you know, he didn't get a job. He still doesn't have a job like in his field. He's mechanical engineering, so it's like we were kind of holding out for him to get like a nice, good, good job. paying job. And he's working for my aunt installing glass, and it, it yeah. is what it is. Like, it, it's fine, and yeah. he's, you know, he's making money. We'll get to move out, but like, I'm like, how are you not like, like a little bit on the Just edge of ending your shit? Like. <laughs> He's like, I got a job. Yeah, he's like, oh man, that like kind of sucks. I'm just kind of tired of looking for jobs. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, you don't want to cry every day? Yeah. Like, what's wrong with you? Yeah. But Everyone has their own parameters. <laughs> Everyone has their own parameters of how they deal with pain, I guess. Yeah. yeah. That's how, I'm like, I think I would have to. I think I would have to. I think I would have to die for him to cry. Like, I genuinely think I would have to pass away. <laughs> but like, you could say that I grew up in a healthy household because I was kind of like a spoiled kid but when I first when I first had my first instance with rejection that's when shit started going downhill because I was a spoiled kid because all my my parents they Never both worked two it. jobs each they both they both worked two jobs each to make enough money to afford a house in Fairfax Virginia where property taxes are fucking ridiculous but at the time at the time it was I think we moved into our house at this neighborhood at around like 2008 so like yeah. maybe it was just they found a house at the right time I guess but you know but it was just like they would present all these facts like we're in a big ass house a three-story house right and we both work two jobs you know we we spend more than they 90 for you 90 hours like they're like both we spend 90 hours combined both of us to provide you know you getting a ps3 for christmas or a psp wall okay (laughs) (laughs) you know each of you like you and your brother both have rooms bought to yourselves right like what more could you ask for but for me it was just like i i think i had a bad habit of mentally thinking like what's something that I cannot have and I'm like always trying to reach towards that point and at the time I was like you know I, I mean I had certain crushes crushes here and there fall through that's fine it's you know puberty. it is puberty too you know like I remember like my, one of my first girlfriends at the time like when I first started group therapy was a girl from group therapy honestly and that was the worst decision that i've probably could ever do don't ever date someone in your same group therapy session it yeah. never That's how ends I feel well with the kids in my work date. it never ends well <laughs> maybe you shouldn't do that maybe it's not healthy yeah it's just like tough because like well it goes back to cody because he's like so stable it's like it provides something you're not dealing with somebody doing the same kind of shit because mm-hmm. i feel like if you're just dealing with somebody like that, it can just multiply and just get like out of hand quick. Where if you deal like I deal with fucking Brendan, the most like standard white guy you could ever like. He's along sometimes, the same line as Cody. sometimes <laughs> he's just like he's just there. Brendan's Brendan's hangout. Sometimes he gets a little annoyed, but in five minutes he won't be annoyed anymore. And you know, just like Brendan. It's I just, really. Like, 
How did I hang out with like the most stable people? I yeah. really gravitate towards people who have had like significant trauma in their lives, and I'm like, Brendan has none. None. <laughs> and I'm just like, where is no, his soul? I, I gravitate towards people with none. So like Brendan, I got Cody. I remember one time I asked my high school boyfriend, I was like, what's the most like, what's the worst thing that's ever happened? He said, uh, I broke my arm in the eighth grade. <laughs> exactly. And I was like, God well, fucking damn it. Like, <laughs> it's like that. I don't know. I mean, I don't like, like talking about it because I internalize it so much just from like having to deal with my parents and shit. Well, yeah. that's kind of like what I blame it on. It's just like, oh, I don't want to ever fucking talk about this because I don't, I just feel like I'm going to get yelled at or just some problems going to happen. Yeah. Like, that's how I broke up with kids too. We just like had problems and I didn't bother like even trying to talk about it. Yeah. I was just like, let's just end this. I'm just going to fucking end this and I just don't have to ever talk about this or deal with it or anything like that and then I can just move on my way like that's just like it's a very toxic way to deal with it but that's just like what I can keep convincing myself to do it's just like if I don't have to talk about it it will go away it's just like that's what dude and that's the myself. worst thing that you can do <laughs> yeah and that's just like what I'm stuck in like this cycle of doing I'm trying like I'm on here I'm trying to talk about it more but it's like well, I I'm glad you're fucking talking about it more because this is the whole point of this episode is just trying to just talk about shit that you don't feel comfortable talking about it with anybody else. But granted, like, Brendan may be Brendan and all that shit, right? I certainly have friends have who have never experienced trauma before. But, like, at the same time, their, their lifestyle and their perspective on life is just so carefree that sometimes it's just like it's good to just gravitate towards that lifestyle and that perspective it's healthier to talk about yeah it. and it's just like and you may not never talk about some like traumatic shit with them but it's just like just hanging out with him just kind of reminds you just for a little second or maybe more than that maybe a moment or something like that that just like kind of just forgets about anything else that you've ever gone through it's normal and you just like kind of you just kind of like go with it and that's how I felt with a lot of people from the rugby team at Longwood because some well bless them and all of them I love them to death I love them to death I, I swear to god yeah, I love lot, you to death kind of empty all of them they're kind of they're kind of stupid right yeah empty head they're, head they're head stupid like, no. y'all are all idiots no but I love them to death <laughs> I love them to death they're stupid and they shoot the shit whenever they feel like it and you could talk to them to almost anything but at the same time like i feel like i could turn off my mind whenever i hang out with them and that's really just such a blessing i think yeah because it's nice to not ever have to think about it well not like, think well think about anything some, i don't yeah. have to think about anything when i'm around with like we're gonna fucking go downstairs and talk about greg and greg's just gonna complain about if Greg does complain, Greg will probably just complain about Thanks, politics or something like out of our control. We can't really do much about it. And then, like, then we're just going to go hang out and get drunk together. Well, Greg like, gave me uh, one of the most heartfelt compliments that I really last night. Yeah. Yeah. That really. Got it. Oh, that like, I, I literally, like, you were put off by it, but, like, I was. Because Greg never said shit. Digested. Like that. No, he told me that before. He he's, did. He's oh, he never before. said shit like that to me. And, like, when we went on this <laughs> cross country trip, right? Because I've never been out west before, right? Yeah, you're making Greg open up more. And I told him I've never been out west past Morgantown, Virginia, like, West Virginia. And as soon as we hit, it must have been, like, Kansas or something like that on this road Midway. trip that we went to. 
that we saw the Great Plains and it was just like kind of like rolling hills at the time. Like I was kind of sleeping right in the car, in the passenger seat shotgun car, right? And at the corner of my eye, I saw what I saw and I got up out of my chair like super fast and I was like, yo, what the fuck? Because I couldn't believe it, dude. I've never seen anything like that. I, yeah. I saw it in textbooks, but I've I couldn't it believe it. Too, it looked like, like the Microsoft, like kind of yeah. like. It's weird to the, see when we've only the landscape. been in Virginia and all we can see is either buildings or just trees. Yeah, and, all, and maybe some mountains sometimes. Dude, and I won't covered in trees. I won't shit you not. Greg was on the verge of tears. Greg was crying. Greg was on the verge of crying because. He got to experience that moment with me for mm. the first time. My first time. But he was able to be a part of that experience for me. And he just was on the damn near verge of tears. And if he started crying, I would have fucking just bawled. I would have fell apart, honestly. But I, I held my own. I held my own. But, you know, but it's just, you just need people like that. A lot of people just need people like in your lives that you just like be able to care about you and turn your off your care about your experiences care about your you genuinely care about your soul your you know your intentions what you want your priorities your goals and if it's anything less than that cut them off you know and that's how I felt about some of these friends that I accumulated from Longwood and high school because I felt just I generally just feel like they don't I, care and it's just like superficial and they just like care about themselves. Yeah. Well, I feel like in college you almost need those like, sometimes you like need surface level friendships to just like those get NPC by. Friends. Like, yeah. NPC you see friends. them and you talk to them while you're there, but then you're never going to talk well, to them. Well, there's certain friends that are just like, like I would hang out with them and I would just feel less of a person whenever I'm around with them because everyone would just say that I'm that person because apparently we look alike, you know? Yeah. And... It's like, because the thing most people, they just think it's like a joke. It's like, oh, you guys look alike, blah, blah, blah. It was a, it was like a funny like joke that. for the first two years that we were along. But for the, for the last part of two years, I didn't take it, I didn't find it funny at all. Like, yeah. I... Like, I... There was at one point where I even compared myself to the fucking guy. Because... He was a ladies guy, you know, he was great with the ladies and stuff like that. I was not. I was more of a shy, like, introverted person. You know, some may say that I'm not anymore, but, like, I am still am. Like, I'm still the same introverted person. It, I am like, working on it as well. Person. I'm better than I was in high school. Let me tell you that I, much. I'm the same way. I didn't fucking talk to anybody. Like, even I, I was, like, one time I remember I just, like, I was driving me and my, like, prom date to, like, dinner one time. And I just, like didn't really say much because I just like I don't know I just felt awkward and I didn't really know what to do the prom date from TikTok yeah that <laughs> one I didn't really say much like we talked right there and we like talked but it's just like I don't know I was just like feel I always just have that feeling where it's like oh, I'm just being a burden on somebody else if I like talk to them they don't really want to talk to me or it's like something like that I think that I just joke a lot because I'm very afraid that people don't like me yeah. I don't know if y'all noticed when I first met like, I always assume people don't remember me also like, I... Well, you didn't. Um, no. I did, because you fucking parked in our back parking lot. And I was, yeah, and I thought, that, I thought that you hated me. And you just, like, walked in, and I was just like, 
hey. See, and <laughs> then, like, then I just like, you just, like walked through, and I because I was like, scared, so I didn't say anything. Yeah. So I was just like, I think that's my biggest thing is like trying to make the interactions I do have meaningful, so people like remember me more. Just like, I feel like I've done a good job so far. Because I feel like I was listening to a podcast. It's just like they were talking about it. It's just like so many people are scared of just feeling insignificant and like like they don't matter or like just like sometimes not it's a blessing significant too. enough that it's just like they can't handle. Maybe it's like way the way they were raised, like like you were saying, your firstborn and everything like that. Like the old, maybe an only child syndrome or stuff like that. Oh, they've had all this kind of attention, and it's like they kind of get to a place where they're they're just in the regular world, and people don't care what you do every single day because they're also dealing with their own shit. That's just like people. Some people just can't handle that. It's just like why aren't people paying more attention to me? Yeah, stuff like that. It's like I feel like you do so much, at least like I do, to like try to cover for like embarrassing yourself. Like the last thing that I ever want to do is yeah. like go up to someone and act like they know me and they don't. Like I like if someone remembers my name, I'm like just fully and completely shocked. Like we could have met like ten times and I'm like, oh my god, like you know who I am. Like people at work will be like, oh hey Miss Faith, and I'm like, who the f- what? You know who I am. Yeah. Or I like think. people from like school that I would have like so many classes with. I'm like, oh my god, like you know who I, you know me? Or like, but the last thing I would do is like go up and be like, hey, and then like have them be like, okay. have we met? Like I, yeah. and it's like the same thing with like the self-deprecating humor. Like Jesus Christ, I I live off of that. Like yeah. it's. It's just kind of what I do. I just like I feel so awkward in those yeah. situations. Like people talk about like bar hookup culture it's like yeah i want to like get with girls i want to like have a girlfriend shit like that but i like close myself off because like no chance i want to give myself that opportunity to be a bear to be some girl be like uh no i'm good and just, like, yeah. stuff like that it's like i'm not gonna even like risk it like unless i know it's like a concrete thing i'm not even gonna like fucking talk to them it's yeah. just like so scared of just even risking anything like that which yeah. is it's like everything, everything I do, I'm like, okay, well, like, gotta make fun of this outfit today because, like, I don't want anyone to be like, the fuck are you wearing? Or, like, yeah, you know, like, my hair looks dumb today, so I'm gonna, I'll make a joke about that. Or, like, it, it, I feel like it just comes back to, like, a lot of that rejection. And, like, <clears throat> I know you talk about, like, a lot about high school, and, like, I'm gonna sound like a bitch here, but, like, I didn't experience a lot of rejection in high school. Same. Until, like, my senior year. So, like, high school, I was one of the popular kids, and, like, but I also, like, I was kind of part of, like, every group to some extent. Like, I hung out with the potheads. I hung out with, like, a lot of our popular kids were the smart kids. Like, I was a smart kid. Because it's easier to, like, feel better and popular yeah. you're smarter too yeah like more well off and stuff like yeah that. and like a lot of our like people like a lot of like our sporty kids like same deal it's like okay well a lot like there were very few popular kids that weren't in like the ap and like the honor classes yeah and but if they weren't they played a sport yeah i feel like it's the opposite i don't know my high school is kind of different 
it's like only the weird smart kids were in like the smart classes yeah and then like some kids would take ap but like for the most part you're only in ap if like your parents kind of made you yeah i just felt like i had to always go like above and beyond like i had to be like i had to be better like i had to be smarter like and, and that carried with me to college like even it was like I always scored really high on test I don't like that was just one of my one of the things like I was good at I was good at test taking so like if I didn't if I wasn't the highest in the class I like got I was really hard on myself which yeah. is an, an annoying fucking thing to say I'm but the like same way. It, it was like you know and then people give you shit for it oh my god well thanks for like fucking up the curve or whatever and it's like shut up like because i feel good about myself because i scored higher than you like yeah. i'm i'm good enough because i did that like i may not be able to do this this and this but like i scored higher than you on this fucking test see a majority of kids from my high school felt the same way and that was a problem mm-hmm. you know so it was just like it was in my senior year like it was between AP or dual enrollment, and I did dual enrollment, so, like, I wouldn't have to be in the high school anymore, yeah. because I just, like, I couldn't really handle it, honestly. Like, I did field hockey, but at that point, a lot of my friends, like, I don't know, kind of formed, like, a group without me, and that's, like, when it first started kind of, like, hitting, like, the, the little rejection things. Like, I was, like... Okay, well, I'm only, I was only, like, here for, hmm? The niches are always hilarious. Yeah, I was, like, I was, back. I was only in school for, like, two classes a day, if that. Like, normally one class a day and two on fucking, like, whatever, Fridays when our blocks were yeah. different. It was, like, English and history, I think. And I was in fucking dual enrollment. I still took AP history because, like, I couldn't look stupid. Yeah. Like, I, or AP gov. That's what it was. AP gov. Mm. Couldn't look dumb, so I had to take AP Gov, and I had to be in like college classes. And then, you know, once I got to college, that was you know, once I got to JMU, it was like my whole identity. I'm like, oh, like I'm, you know, I'm a year ahead. I'll graduate early. I'm gonna do this, and I'll go to PT school, and I'll have this. And then it was like, but it was that's when like all the rejection shit kind of hit. Like I wasn't part of anything, and you know, I tried out for club field hockey and I got rejected and I acted like it wasn't a big deal but like I hadn't really been rejected from shit like I was I was captain in high school of field hockey so like but like I wouldn't have felt good enough if I wasn't captain in high school <laughs> like I just like I happened to be like lucky enough to do all that shit the only reason that I was like captain in lacrosse is because I was the only person who fucking played lacrosse before they had it in my county like I was the only one who knew what the fuck I was do like that sounds mean but like i genuinely is the only one who knew the sport before it came to powhatan and it was like once i got to jmu it was like i didn't make field hockey i didn't get into the, like the professional fraternity my friends from high school made a group message like without me and they would hang out without me so i'd have to see that and that was, those are like my only friends because i just felt like i couldn't like find anybody and then it goes back to the whole like i didn't realize i was having panic attacks like i didn't realize how depressed I was I didn't realize there was a reason I was fucking pulling out my fucking eyelashes and eyebrows every time <laughs> like I sat down I still do that sometimes like one of the kids at work was like you have a gap in your eyelashes I'm like fuck off my thing is like <laughs> trying to like my thing is like you're teething out, teething out like, <laughs> yeah shut bitch <laughs> my thing is is like kind of chewing on the dead skin on your fingernails not the fingernails exactly 
but like <laughs> the cuticle yeah yeah exactly so i got my shit done look at these fire i always have phases of doing stuff i like cycle through them i thought they were like it looked like pumpkins earlier i can like tell like a check they do look good Thanks. but uh Paid like $90. Like, I always... $90? <laughs> I always, like, cycle through shit like that. Like, I won't even realize I'm stressed until I, like, do it. Yeah, like, that's the thing. I just, like, I do it, and, like, my body just, like, in- instinctually does it, and then I'm, like, halfway through doing it, I'm just like, oh, fuck, I'm doing it again. It's, like, my big thing now is, like, when I'm training, there's, like, guys in there who, like, look better than me or more in shape than me, lift mm. more than me, and I'm sitting there telling them what to do. Like, we clean everything. Like, we spray down a paper towel and wipe it down every time. I do it every time they're done with the machine just because of, like, COVID and everything. So I'm just like, just be safe. Plus, I'm getting all your fucking ball sweat off the machine. Yeah. So I, like, do that. And then, like, I sit there with, like, the paper towel. It just gives me something to, like, fidget with with my hands while I'm, like, talking and, like, sitting there. And it's, like, I just feel, like, stressed. I was just, like, am I not good enough? Like, do I yeah. not know what I'm doing? Even though I went to fucking college for this. And I got a personal training certification. And I do my workout, like, five days a week now. And it's just, like, I do all of this. And I just still don't even feel good enough at the thing I should feel most confident yeah. at. Like, I've always told myself, it's, like, when it's, once I get abs, that's when, it, like, that's when the full confidence yeah. will hit, you know? But then, but then I just abs are always the hardest. That's like the yeah. last thing you get. That's the most annoying thing. Well, and then it's like, like it's just yeah. one of those things to like compare yourself to everybody else. Like, oh, that's this the, person has abs. That's the standard for me, honestly. This like, person, and I'm just like, this dude has abs, right? I was saying the same thing. I got pretty fucking like, and I'm like fatty, but like college, but yeah. I always like try to remind myself like they're not as strong as you though they may have abs but like they're not as strong as you like you bench more than like you spent bench like a hundred pounds thing. more than i got a fucking like i it all depends on the fucking person like you can see my bicep and stuff like that when yeah I'm walking around but i got this he's he's not fat but he's like thick you one know? of the kids at work told me i had man legs but he, like, didn't mean it mean, which was, like, worse. Yeah. He was but, like, well, you just have large legs, Miss Faith. I was like... And he was like, I'm not... I don't think you understand what like, you just said. I don't think <laughs> that you're being mean, which makes it, like, if you were trying to hurt my feelings, I would be like, okay. Bitch. But, like, you're I'll not. You. Like, you're not trying to yeah. hurt my feelings, which makes it worse. But I've got... Yeah, the one guy who's just, like... I'm working with, like, new people every single day of the week. So it's always a different way, different workouts, different everything. Yeah. And this one guy is just, like, he did uh, a little row, seated cable row, horizontal. Mm-hmm. Like, I do. I could definitely do more. Was it sitting or standing? Sitting. Oh. And I... At that point, I was, like, doing, having, like, I would do, like, eight of, like, 44. First day I ever worked with him, he did 66 and just, like, repped out, like, 10 to 12. And I'm just, like, all right, well, it just kind of, like, makes me feel like shit because it's, like, kind of with that, it's, like, I feel like I should be better. Like, I'm not doing good enough again. 
like I need to do better mm -hmm. like these people are already doing more than me it's just like what the fuck is wrong with me that I'm not doing better and yeah just like get caught up with that again and then mm -hmm. I and, like how like, long it takes to make progress is fucking yeah I was fucking insecure about going to the gym for like forever just cause like what I talked about earlier just being so insecure like like it's just like now that I'm in the point where I'm in the gym doing what I need to do sometimes I still get that feeling but like when you when I first got into it, I just felt, like, so out of place. Like, I was just like, what the fuck am I doing here? Like, everybody can tell I don't work out. Like, it's just fucking, like, stupid. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I would just tell myself that, even though, like, I knew what I was doing. It's just, like, I would just, like, convince myself that I'm doing that. I'm not good enough. And I was just like, what the fuck am I doing here? I should just, like, go home, sit. Yeah. Like, just sit on the couch not fucking I'd feel the same way safe space. when I was still kinesiology I was like three years into my degree I'm like oh, but I'm about to finish like I know what the fuck I'm doing but I would still be like these people don't think I know what the fuck I'm doing for sure these people yeah. think I'm stupid like I had a fucking interview question they're like what do you do if like this happens and I was just like uh, and I would just like name off Cry. like seven <laughs> I just named off like seven things in my interview of like what could possibly go wrong and then I left the interview, I was like, I completely fucked that up. Like, what well, if, like, none of those are right? What well, if, like, I just sound like a fucking idiot? And they're only look. it was like a, a softball question. Like, a, what is it? Like, one of those easy questions. I don't know what, like, the exact name. It was, like, underhand, like, little toss-up question where it's just like, yeah, it's an easy one just to make sure you know it. And it's just like, what well, if I just fucked that up? What well, if it was, like, that kind of question? I just, like, ruined the yeah. whole thing. It's just like, I get in my own head. I'm just like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And I just, like so down about myself how like literally everything it's like you don't know what the fuck you're doing yeah like, you don't you're not good enough to do this like you don't know what you're doing with anything mm. it's like it just like compiles like literally yeah those compiling thoughts one of my therapists has, has told me like they're called the snowball effect yeah or something like that so it just snowballs it just so it starts with a snowball it starts with a tiny little thought and then you just like kind of roll it down the hill and it kind of like just grows upon that and into a cycle of bad behavior or like a bad, yeah, you know, outlook on everything. Weird, uh, like example for that because I notice it. I watch a lot of like esports because it's like entertaining. I think we know. I enjoy watching because I play the game enough. I can like understand what's going on. It's just like playing football and then watching professional football. Cody watches like, Twitch so fucking much I can't even. It's like entertaining but you can, it's uh, the game Smash Brothers. You see that like snowball effect literally take place in people's eyes. It's 1v1. You have nowhere to hide so it's just like you versus the other guy and they like commentators will say it enough like they are aware of like snowball effects it's like one guy gets a hit but they're the other guy's put in a bad situation that he has to like he's like oh I can do this I can either make it hard on myself to do like this one recovery to get back and like kind of reset mm -hmm. but there's this easy quick recovery I can do now that maybe you won't hit but like people at that level they all know to how to like snuff that out and it's just like they get put in a bad situation and once they're put in that bad situation they just start freaking out and they don't know how to get out of it and it's just like kind of like 
it's crazy how the brain can like do that in like split second scenarios and do that throughout like the course of a day where mm-hmm. you're just thinking of you're thinking completely through these thoughts and it's still snowballing and just getting worse and worse and worse one of my professors like, has always shit. told me that she and I still think about this a lot like sometimes she she told me what was it I think her name was Dr. Blinko Do, no it's Dr. Butcher from Longwood right her name was Dr. Butcher and she explained she explained to the class that there is a lot of research into like the difference between second guessing and going on your first guess right on testing scenarios and other kind of scenarios as well there's a lot of research that actually says that you should just stick to your first guess and just go with it because it's your generally it's it's your it's your gut feeling and that's what a lot of like Apparently, like, a lot of research and psychology has gone into mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And I'm just, like, thinking to myself, like, I've gone with the second fucking guess, and I've always gone fucking wrong. Mm-hmm. And eight out of the ten times, in eight out of the ten times scenarios wet. that I've gone into. Mm-hmm. You know? But as far as what you're talking about with EA Sports, eSports, honestly. Well, that's like, what was just, like, an example of how you can see snowballing physically take place in front of I've, your eyes in the span of like 30 seconds I, I've, I've gone through it myself both in a social standard and also like even in sports as well because it's so easy to just like you know like there, there, there'll just be like this one lingering thought in your head that you just like well for me it's like in rugby I'm so scared about getting hurt again because of my physical job that I have and not being able to do the job that I that I have right now and I won't be able to make money and then pay rent and all that shit that's a snowball effect of it in, in and of itself mm. because if I get hurt if I do a certain move that I don't feel confident enough in doing so and then sometimes you just even though if you don't have the confidence to do something sometimes you just gotta send it and then full send it, full send it honestly oh, because wacky. You know, the rewards are greater than the risks, in my opinion. And in that instance. In, in some, yeah, in that instance, or some instances as well. But it's just like, I've gone, I haven't played rugby in about six to eight months, I think. And, you know, I just started the VCU rugby team. My first practice was like last Wednesday, I think. And, um, you know, like, I remember going through a, a tackling drill, you know, and my head was down, which is, like, my head was down, and that's, like, the worst thing you could do, like, entering, like, a practice drill, because it's always going to lead to a concussion, right? And I was, like, trying to, I was against one of these, like, bigger guys who was, like, bigger than me. He must have had, like, 30 to 40 pounds on me, but he was a little bit shorter, but I still, I had the angle on him, but, like, what I was trying to do was like not what I intended to do like initially because I went at it like I went at it like trying to run before walking I guess because I haven't played in such a long time and you know I could have got seriously hurt but instead it just it just looked kind of pathetic and he just like kind of like ran around me and I kind of like you know hugged his ankles and it just didn't look pretty right you know, but it's just like... It's always that thing kind of trying to prove yourself, I feel like. Yeah. And so, 
like what you're saying when we like first started like social media it's so easy to see all these people and compare yourself to them and even in real life when you act like you know nobody's gonna compare yourself you still feel like you need to validate yourself in any anything you do well it's important sports regular life or anything you need to feel valid and like you're doing a good job based off like societal standards of it yeah it's important not to search for validity in your own self-meaning and stuff like that it's important for you to search that yourself and you know it's just like one of my professors from Longwood she explained it beautifully because she said it, it was, it's important to be apperceptive about yourself which is like I don't know what that word means it's if just basically yeah I will it's just basically means just like just view yourself from your own strengths and weaknesses and you know see what you, see what you can do and see what you can move forward upon and work on and, and stuff like that so it's all part of the building blocks of life baby let's fucking go I think for like the validating yourself shit like I have a really hard time with my job because like everyone sees it as like just games and like it's useless and like even the, the kids that I work with are like what the fuck are we doing this for and like I spent, you know, years, and I changed my major, and I changed my school, and I, like, did all this shit to, like, go into this major, and, like, I feel like I'm constantly having to, like, defend, like, defend it to, you know, the kids I work with, to, like, my family, to my friends, like, and then I just end up, like, making jokes, I'm like, oh, yeah, like, I, I mean, I fucking said it earlier, like, oh, I played Jeopardy with these kids, and they're like, what the fuck are we doing here, like, but also, I know that, like, these kids... I can show them one game that they might learn that might change their pastime from literally smoking crack to, like, doing something else. And, like, I don't want to give myself all that credit, but, like, yeah, like, yeah, like, statistically, like, just having, like, even just having, like, one person on their care team that, like, gives a shit about them is, like, I, I just had to do, like, my, you know, CEUs, my continuing education, and it was, like, oh, like having one person that gives a shit about their treatment can be like 30% of the effort and like making a difference for those kids like so I might just do that one thing or I might be like okay y'all can play basketball today but like I need y'all to not like fucking yell at each other like just teaching them like minimal social skills is like just this big thing and I feel like I'm constantly like defending it but I just like end up making jokes about it and like invalidating it even though I spent like so much time on it but it's just like goes back to that constant thing of like people not thinking or being afraid that people won't think that you're doing enough or that you're doing you know the right thing or that you're not as good as them or like okay like I'm doing like the fucking goofy therapy when like I'm not I'm not a real therapist though like you know Mm -hmm. but I still have, like, a better rapport with some of these kids than their actual therapist. And that's not their therapist's fault. It's just, like, sometimes they have to have, like, someone in a different field that's, like, not yeah. as intimidating. Like, I'm not sitting down and I'm like, tell me about, you know, your abuse. You're like trying to make yeah. positive experiences where they have yeah. to de- 
dive into like the negative ones yeah and it's like i still get to like sit there and the kids will be like oh like you know i'm good with miss faith like miss faith can i process with you and we'll walk up and down the hall and they'll talk about what you know what the fuck they got going on and like <laughs> my little kid that that ran away the other day he's like well i didn't run while you were here and i'm like yes you did <laughs> but <laughs> like, st- i still care about you like i still looked for you i still like give a shit about you yeah but it's just one of those like the old, the old self-defense where it's like i'm constantly like invalidating it or like my other thing at work is like my anxiety prevents very very visually and i get splotchy like i get like n- fucking chest neck splotchy as hell and the kids would be like miss faith are you good like you're really red i'm like which like makes me want to cry but then also like like i said earlier like of course like my anxiety prevents in the most like fucking appearance driven ways like i get splotchy or i pick on my eyelashes like i've almost gotten eyelash extinctions like several times because i'm so insecure about how much i pick my fucking eyelashes like it which is petty and it's like very minimal but like when you're sitting there and like you have all these people like we said to compare yourself to on like social media or like you have people pointing it out it's like why does this have to be like appearance driven and I think that's why a lot of me like doesn't like give a fuck like I do but I don't like I'm like dressed like this today because like what if I tried to look nice today and then like I didn't look nice enough like anywhere I go it's like oh what if I like don't like meet the expectations like I feel like I always dress down so it looks like I don't give a shit and I like try to not give a shit because I always feel like I gotta dress up because like I could yeah. just feel like I just run into the next <laughs> I feel like I need esposa to. I guess I just feel like I need to just cause like uh, sometimes I get compliments and those compliments carry me like, <laughs> yeah like, oh, I like your shirt or something. I hold on to them as long as I can yeah. like I did it y'all both dress like, nice it's like that's as a female perspective I'll give y'all y'all both, y'all both dress well just feel like validate off that shit it takes it takes like, very minimal effort i feel like for men to like look i just throw like up jeans, to say like yeah like you got like like jeans and a t-shirt right and it's now. like i was Every, like oh hell yeah everything like, you that did, i wear is very calculated you popped off today <laughs> i just order enough stuff that like when i order stuff i feel like it would work together with at least one thing i already own so it's just like kind of how i think about it i'm just like i feel like i need to at least like look decent enough that like i can feel validated myself and maybe somebody else will, like say like oh yeah it looks good looking so, good i don't have to deal with people being like because i know if i like some people if i go out and just like it doesn't really look good together and somebody says that they're like oh that, yeah you're like i want to go the, the fuck, fuck home and i'm just like i'm I, I'm right. guys i'm too my drunk night, i have to go <laughs> my night is over thank you guys i really enjoyed being here for 10 seconds <laughs> I was like, I've realized a lot recently, like, I don't wear clothes that, like, touch my body in more than one place. Yeah, and, I used to do that a lot. And, like, very much, like, straight leg pants, like, or, like, I'm wearing joggers today, like, these touch me a little bit too much. T-shirts, extra large, minimum, thank you. Like, I... And, like, I don't think, I'm like, oh, like, it's just, like, oh, that's cool. I just look, like, so casual. But 
but fashionable. But like, I just don't want anything to touch me. Yeah. Because I, I'm convinced that unless I'm like my fucking high school weight, then I'm like way too large, and I'll never be my fucking high school weight because I was in high school. Yeah. But then, I don't know if we want to deep delve there. I did. I did. Whatever <laughs> you want. I weighed fucking 135 pounds in high school at the same height, and now I'm 150, like eight. Yeah. Hey, That's I weigh more like, than you, bitch. Yeah, but still. Like, I weighed. I think I weighed 125 in high school, and I haven't stepped on a scale in a few months. But like, somewhere upper 150s, probably yeah. like 160. Uh, my words. I've been the same height since eighth fucking grade. Yeah. <laughs> like, my heaviest, I was like 165, 170. I felt like absolutely. My heaviest was two, like I can two understand ten. what you're talking about. Like, yeah. Thinking about like the clothes that only like, touch you one spot. I was like, I don't want people to see like this. Yeah. yeah. Like, I just feel like I feel less than everybody when I gain a little bit of weight. Yeah. It's so fucking easy to gain weight. And I gained so weight, hard. and I made myself gain weight like my sophomore year, yeah. just so that I could like be heavy enough to, and then good enough to play and even then when I did start playing in football I just felt like shit because like I yeah. wasn't good enough even though I gained the weight I did the work I did everything that else that everybody want, like did on the football team and I still felt like shit and for my junior year I didn't play I didn't play at all because I was just like I needed I needed I needed to just focus on myself I guess and that's when I went to therapy, and that's when yeah. I went to group therapy, and then in that same year, I went to rugby, so. We all gotta find what makes us happy, and I gotta fucking take a piss. Well. Wrap this up, because I gotta go. Yeah, and to close this off, you know, I, I wanted to start this episode to talk about mental health and suicide, but we've also gotta mention that like, we, we really just have to keep talking about it. And I think that's the only... That's one of the best solutions that we can do. Yeah. Is just so, keep talking about it. And not just fucking post about it on your Instagram story. And just, you know, pretend like you care. Because, like, that doesn't do fucking shit. Ha- you just really yeah, have to... faith. No, not faith. Not <laughs> faith. Absolutely not faith. But I'm talking about other people that just, like, pretend just to, to be too. all about it. Everybody wants to make the quick solution yeah but like and this is just me you know be starting the conversation like as manly or as masculine that you may think that i am and like how tough that i am with rugby and shit like that like i've still had these things happen to me and you know and it's just like it can happen to anyone and should it happen to you like i just hope that if you're listening to this you can have some sort of idea about where to go I guess and you really have to consider that suicide is the 10th leading cause of death in the United States it's also the second leading cause of death between those of the ages of 10 to 34 and at least that was recorded in 2019 and you know, in 2019, there was also two and a half times more suicides and homicides in that same year. And it was just like, my whole thought process is like, it's just like, where is this going to go in the next 10 years? Especially with after COVID. Violence, but don't want to talk about mental health. Yeah. I think, oh yeah, drugs, blah, blah, blah. This will just 
feel all that. But you know, they talk about their own kids who are fucking depressed. Especially in a country that just feels so isolated from the rest of the fucking world. And the people that are doing where it's drugs way worse. Have their own fucking. I realized that one. You know, that from work has been like a huge. It just feels way worse, way worse than everywhere else, yeah. right? But then there's still such a high rate of suicides. It's just beyond me. And as far as like youth today, like you know. It's just men are three times more likely to commit suicide and that's a problem in and of itself because, you know, I mean, Talk I guess it's just because... I really have to piss. <laughs> you want to wrap this up? I will soon. <laughs> I will. Right? I'm so <laughs> And it's just... It's sad to me, honestly. But to close this up, I do want to mention the seven people that committed suicide at WT Wilson High School. And and I hope, like, this episode is just pretty much dedicated to them. So, Nick Stuban, 2011. Cameron Kilby, 2012. Brian Glenn, 2012. Ethan Griffith, 2013. Someone else, I, I knew who he was. I didn't find it on, you know, public record, so I don't want to go against their family wishes. But this person who's also on the football team, um, I knew him pretty well. He died in 2014, two days after one of my one of my good friends, Jack Chen, passed away in 2014 as well. Um, in 2017, another young kid passed away as well but it's just it, it, it shouldn't have happened they should all be here at this point but this episode is just dedicated to them and you know if you're listening to this episode thank you so much for doing so um, like I said in the first episode that I ever done like, you know, this is just done on a whim. I'm just doing that as I can. I'm also balancing this podcast between my full-time job as an Amazon delivery associate and going to grad school and, like, having a so- trying to have a social life somewhat. And, you know, and it's just what I can say is that all of us here has had their own personal struggles. But I think I can speak for all of us now that we're all better off than we were when, you know, I guess we first started our first bouts of, you know, adversity. And I just want you, want you all to take this not as something that you could just take it to heart and just like, you know, constructually build off of like as a manual to deal with like mental health because this is not what this is. And what I do encourage everyone, if you're going through some troubles, is to reach out to anyone who you trust, like a parent, faculty member of a university, teacher, high school, or whatever. You know, someone who you trust, a coach, or anything like that. If you feel that they truly care about you, reach out to them about what you're going through, because what you're going through is not not validated 
And with that, I am your host, JC Siles. Brown man. AKA the EDM cowboy. I don't know. The cocaine cowboy. You know, cowboy bebop. Not the Dallas Cowboys because they suck and I hate them to death. Go Washington football team. <laughs> and those are my thoughts today. GG's kids. Fuck you. Make it your day. Make it your own fucking day. And carpe diem. Guys. See you on the next one. Bye bye. is the second episode of the talk to me you'll understand podcast um i want to thank jared nooney and faith lawhorn for joining this conversation um i really appreciate them opening up and stuff it was really fun um yeah i think the towards the end i think the wine got the best of us i bought all three of us a bottle of wine and we were just kind of baking in the sun towards the end. And Jared, I mean, you know, had to pee really badly. So, yeah, I wanted to keep talking a little bit longer, but I was happy with where the conversation was at. And, yeah, uh, I guess the main takeaway of this episode is that I just want everyone to know that they're never alone in whatever they're going through. I definitely felt alone in high school and stuff like that, especially with my bouts with depression and anxiety. You know, it's important to have a really, a good support group around yourself. And I definitely built my group around me. And I'm blessed for all the friends that I met along this way. Um, yeah, so I don't really know what to do for the, sec- for the third episode actually. Um, I'm thinking about getting my mom on. I don't know how she feels about that. You know, she has some great stories to tell. Um, yeah, I mean, so, yeah. Um, if you enjoy the episode, make sure to give me some feedback. I would love to hear from anyone who listened to all the way to the end. I'd also appreciate some, you know, suggestions, criticism. I don't really care, you know. Uh, yeah, anything to make this better in a way. So, yeah, thank you for listening and enjoy yourselves. Have a good one, guys. Love you all.